0: You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: We've talked a lot about social media and President Donald Trump recently. There's a reason for that. Big things are happening. There's Twitter. Twitter, for the very first time, is fact-checking. The president. And now there's Snapchat.
0: Now Snap is saying it is not currently promoting the president's content on Snapchat's Discover platform.
1: Last week, Snapchat essentially ended its promotion of the president's content. In a memo to employees, Snap CEO Evan Spiegel wrote We simply cannot promote accounts in America that are linked to people who incite racial violence, whether they do so on or off the platform. T.C. Sadek says that none of these measures go far enough. I think the answer is actually pretty simple, which is just to ban him. T.C. is an executive editor at The Verge. And today on the show, he walks us through a radical idea for difficult times. Should social media companies ban the president? I'm Ariel Dzemrass. This is Reset.
2: You know, relative to what we're seeing in our neighborhoods across the country right now, banning the president from these platforms seems kind of trivial. But what the president says on these platforms matters. He's giving signals not only to his supporters, um, but to the the police. Right. I mean, when he said when the looting starts, the shooting starts, is just one example of him using pretty uh, violent rhetoric.
0: Today, I have strongly recommended to every governor to deploy the National Guard in sufficient numbers that we dominate the streets.
2: When he says we need to send troops in, when his allies in Congress publish op-eds in The New York Times saying that we need to invade our neighborhoods, basically... This emboldens the very people that average citizens are protesting against to be more violent to be harsher to use harsher methods on them. And I think, you know, in the past you could make the argument generally he was not inciting mass violence across the country. And I think what makes the situation different now is we are seeing that, right? <laughs> the words that he's been using for years are now matching up to reality on the street. The video shows the officers training their riot guns on Sanderlin. He stood a good distance away, made no aggressive motions to police, yet they fired on him several times. He himself, uh, and I I believe his, you know, Attorney General Bill Barr, last week on, on June 1st, ordered federal authorities to attack an entirely peaceful protest in Lafayette Square, right outside the White House, so that he could walk over to a church and take a photo up.
0: Using flashbangs in front of them and mounted police to clear what has been an entirely peaceful protest. Not 98%, not 99%,
2: You could but 100% go look at any of the hundreds of videos that are being shared by people on the street. The violence is real. The protests are in all 50 states. It's It's a very serious situation.
1: So you've argued before that Trump should be banned on social media. So how has your thinking on this evolved?
2: So I made this argument in 2017. I think when the platforms were really wrestling with how to reconcile the fact that they, they had been making these rules about anti-harassment, when uh, Gamergate happened, which was kind of this reactionary backlash against representation in video games happened, the internet was kind of started to be filled with a lot of really overt abuse and harassment. And Facebook and Twitter and other companies started to have to really ratchet up their policies to moderate their communities. And a lot of those policies, incidentally, frowned upon stuff that the future president would say and do on their platforms. And so Twitter and Facebook and all these companies kind of were put in the uncomfortable position of having a sitting president routinely violating all of their rules. uh, And they had to figure out how to deal with that. And my argument at the time was, Don't try to, you know, get Trump on one of your policies that seems relatively insignificant related to the station of the president, right? Like, it is legitimate to want to um, have people be able to hear what their government officials are saying. Mm -hmm. Um, But at that point, we were already seeing Trump do really horrible things, um, moral outrages. Um, So I made the case that, you know, Jack Dorsey ought to ban Trump if only because it would damage the president's ability to be effective in office, given what he was perpetrating. Now, I think the situation is, you know, we're seeing active calls to slide into a really dangerous type of authoritarianism where military is going into neighborhoods to suppress entirely lawful assembly and protests.
1: What about free speech? Does banning Trump mean companies would be infringing on his right to free speech? Um,
2: No, (laughs) the right to free speech uh, guaranteed by the First Amendment only applies to actions the government takes to curb the free speech of of citizens. Facebook and Twitter are protected by the First Amendment. They are private entities. The First Amendment guarantees not only the right to say what you want without fear of the government interfering with you, it protects your right to not say things. It protects your right to not say what the government wants you to say. Hmm. And in this case, if we were to create a standard that Facebook and Twitter were obligated to carry whatever the president was saying whatever elected officials were saying that would be an extreme violation betrayal of of what the first amendment is meant to accomplish so trump's right to speech would not be affected at all he does not have the right however to unlimited reach facebook and twitter are not obligated to spread dangerous rhetoric in unlimited scale and i think uh, given the fact that the president and other sitting members of congress already have enormous power to spread their message they're not actually going to be prevented from saying what they want to say. They're just going to be prevented from being able to use private companies to spread those messages.
1: OK, so if banning an official like the president doesn't violate free speech because he can just call a press conference, what would banning him actually accomplish?
2: Um, it definitely limits the spread uh, and influence of the president. So while, you know, his speech is is always guaranteed, the the reach of that speech, the network effects of, of what he is saying can be limited. Mm. So it's correct to say, you know, Trump has a press corps. He has federally funded avenues to speak to the nation. He can go on Fox News whenever he wants. But I think it's uh, a little defeatist to say that just because Trump can go say horrible things over in this corner, it means you have to invite him into your house to say those same things. Mm. It doesn't change the moral obligation of companies to deal with the president's speech if it is dangerous.
1: I've also seen it argued that because journalists spend a lot of time on Twitter, it it would take away one of the tools that President Trump has for controlling the news cycle. What do you think of that? I think that's entirely true.
2: I think, um, you know, he once tweeted, I love Twitter. It's like owning a newspaper without the losses. Uh, He's always been very clear about how he uses Twitter, why he uses Twitter and Facebook. And part of that is, you know, I think what we saw in the 2016 election is that he used these open platforms almost like a zero-day exploit on traditional media. You could not go a day without seeing his tweets or outrageous things that he was saying online completely plastered all over the television on 24-hour cable news. So he has used these platforms very effectively to control other institutional uh, forms of media. And I think taking away that ability will definitely reduce his ability to do that.
1: After the break, what would a world without Trump's social media accounts really look like? Oh, and I make TC argue against himself. This is Reset. Casey Sadek, executive editor at The Verge, we've been talking about your argument that banning the president from social media is a good idea. So say that happens tomorrow. What would that actually look like?
2: You know, if there's one thing we've learned about President Trump um, watching him over the past years is that he's extremely vain and banning him would would just make him explode. You know, Twitter labeled one tweet um, and it sent him into a days long tirade. Uh, the day after they labeled one of his tweets, he threatened to blow up the entire Internet with an executive order that was um, illegal, but that threatened to kind of undo the fundamental legal protections that protect websites from lawsuits for moderated content. Right. So uh, I think it's unquestionable that the, Trump, the dude just loves to tweet. It's it's what he does all day. You know, he from morning to, to midnight, he is on his phone, tweeting. And I think it's, um, you know, above all else, it would be a form of effective direct action to take against the president to remove that thing that he loves to do.
1: Hmm. So as you mentioned, uh, Trump really wasn't super happy about this fact-checking business on Twitter um, and did take some pretty strong actions against social media platforms, generally speaking, as a result. So you know, should we be worried about that? Is there a sort of an existential risk for social media companies if they were to ban Trump?
2: I think that risk is real to the extent that um, we are currently seeing an administration that is willing to consistently defy the rule of law, ignore constitutional rights the The fundamental law that protects what Facebook and Twitter are doing when they moderate is the First Amendment. so that supersedes everything else. you know there's a lot of talk about this law called Section 230, which um, shields some of these platforms from liability. But mm-hmm. the really the really important law here, as it relates to moderation, is the First Amendment. And it's really hard to imagine how courts would, all the way up to the Supreme Court, would take the administration's claim that they're being censored seriously, uh, because it's really a fundamental concept of of free speech in this country that allows companies to moderate. Otherwise, we would be compelling people everywhere to repeat whatever the president says. And that is just fundamentally un-American. It's fundamentally unconstitutional. So, yes, it's a risk, but the risk is not that these companies are, are doing something illegal. It's that the government threatens to do something illegal. That's the real risk.
1: You know, I think this is where a lot of people get confused, is the idea that moderation is a form of free speech.
2: It is. And it's counterintuitive. And I think it'd be very precise about what you're talking about. The right to free speech in the context of the First Amendment is very specific. It prohibits the government from infringing your speech and not private companies. Leaving aside the legal question of the First Amendment, there's kind of a a values idea of free speech, which is maximizing what people can say, uh, maximizing their, their freedom to say what they want. Mm hmm. But I think, uh, you know, when you look at the big picture about what that means and what the president is currently doing, it's hard to argue that allowing the president to pursue this violent crackdown on average Americans who are protesting police brutality across the country peacefully in lawful assemblies, exercising their constitutional rights to speech, it's hard to see how preventing the president from being able to do that is uh, somehow curbing free expression. Mm. In fact, like I think it's completely twisted to say that preventing the president from dominating people for simply exercising their right to speech, to me, preventing that enhances free speech. It enhances free expression. Right. Um, what is the point of uh, having these platforms if they're used by the most powerful people in our society to suppress the speech of average people? That is a Uh, complete, I think, betrayal of the vision of these platforms. And I agree, it's complicated. And it it feels wrong to say that we should shut people down, even if they're the president for saying things we don't like. But I think in this case, it's not just saying something that makes us uncomfortable. It's saying something that deprives a lot of our neighbors of their civil rights. And that's, I think, an entirely different situation.
1: Humor me for a moment. What is the best counterargument to your belief that platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat should ban the president?
2: So I think the best argument against banning the president is that Facebook already has a lot of power. It has power that we still don't fully understand because there hasn't been anything like it before. And there is, I think, a legitimate position to take which says that we should try to limit the power that Facebook has. As much as possible because we've seen the effects it can have on democracy. But I think the question is what kind of society are we going to have left of that's available to us if Trump uh continues his assault on, on democratic values and speech values in the country? And I think in that, you know, that situation, the question of Facebook's power will be kind of moot mm. if there's kind of an authoritarian takeover of uh, the United States. It's not going to matter what Facebook's moderations policies are. It's going to matter what the government does to punish you for speaking what you want to say.
1: You know, I can imagine a lot of people listening to this right now and saying authoritarian takeover. You really think it's going to get that bad? What would you say to them?
2: I think you just have to go out, you know, watch the video about what's happening in this country. There's protests in all 50 states and you have to ask, why is that happening? What could possibly provoke Americans, every state in the country, to go out and protest? They're protesting in, in states that are run by Democrats. They're protesting in states that are run by Republicans. This moment is is far bigger than, than either of these parties. It's about a real corruption in the heart of the country. And governments across the country, even in New York, which is a reliably democratic state, are also cracking down on people who are demonstrating entirely peacefully. Um, the New York Police Department has been beating peaceful people in the streets after curfew at night, every night. The mayor of New York City, the governor of New York have been denying that this is happening. They've called reporters hyper-partisan and unobjective for pointing out what we are all seeing happen on video. So. This is not just about President Trump. I think it is about the country as a whole being held hostage by this kind of wannabe warrior class of police that have been completely unaccountable across the country. And it's a dangerous moment, not just because of what the chief executive of the country is doing, but because of the response that we are seeing across the country at all levels of government. And we need to take that seriously.
1: TC Sadek is an executive editor at The Verge. I'm Ariel Dimross, and this is Reset. We publish episodes three times a week on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. So if you haven't already, subscribe to The Pod. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or in your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find the show. If you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at ADRS. You can also reach the Reset team by emailing reset at vox.com. We'll be back on Thursday. Later, nerds.